Blog Talk Radio. This episode is sponsored by an accredited buyer's representative and million-dollar real estate producer, Jacinda Wright. Jacinda is located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, for all of your real estate needs. Now, whether you're buying, selling, or investing, Jacinda Wright is delivering passionate and personal service to all of her clients. Care to get more information about this dynamic realtor in the low country of South Carolina? Please feel free to call her at 843-504-6949. Again, 843-504-6949. Or you may also email her at jacindawright at gmail.com. And that's spelled J-A-C-I-N-D-A-W-R-I-G-H-T at gmail.com. It's the Talk with Mike and to the new season of The Talk with Micah and Friends. This is your host and creator, Micah. I'm so glad that you all have decided to join me on today's premiere episode entitled Memoirs of Mimi, of which I will, in just a few minutes, be sitting down with the lovely and legendary Mimi Marks of Chicago, Illinois. But before we get into today's show, I just wanted to share with you different ways that you can subscribe and listen to the show, as well as any previous episodes. Number one, you may go to www.hipcast.com. Again, www.hipcast.com. You will simply click the podcast directory at the top of the page, then click search, and in the search box, you will simply type the top W forward slash Micah and friends, and everything should pop up for you. Then there's number two, iTunes. If you have an iPhone 4, 4S, 5, 5S, 5C, 6, or even a 6 Plus, you can click on the Purple Podcast app on your iPhone. You will select Search at the bottom right and enter the Talk W forward slash Micah and Friends. And there, you will have to your availability for free all 45 episodes. And number three, last but certainly not least, the site that makes it happen each and every episode, Blog Talk Radio. You may visit the show's page, blogtalkradio.com forward slash the talk with Micah. Again, blogtalkradio.com forward slash the talk with Micah. And just make sure you click the follow button and then peruse the page to listen to all previous episodes. Now to everyone out there who would like to promote your business, your brand, or your next event, please email us at thetalkwithmicah at gmail.com. Again, thetalkwithmicah at gmail.com so you too can be featured on the very next episode. Also, I have to shout out Mr. Kendall Brinkley Brown of Atlanta, Georgia, for my wonderful catchy jingle. He is the best, guys. Thanks again, Ken. If you missed it in the beginning, please don't fret or be upset because I will play it at the end of tonight's episode. All right? Thanks again, Ken. Well, with all that said, I'm glad to be back on the radio. I'm glad that you all have decided to join me on tonight, just a little old me. And I also want you guys to expect great things for the next few months here at the Talk with Micah and Friends. Now, before we get into the meat of today's show, let's hear a word 
from our sponsors. What's up, everybody? This is Craig Stewart. My book's Words Never Spoken and the follow-up, One Thing for Certain, Two Things for Sure, can be purchased now from my website. That's www.craigtherighterstewart.com. What up, guys? I'm A.L. And I'm C. And we're the Etcetera Twins. Make sure you guys check out our brand new single, Confetti, available on iTunes and Amazon today. Here's a little sneak peek. Etcetera Play. Hey yo, what's up? This is Kendall Brinkley Brown, and here's a preview of my debut single, Why. Available now on iTunes, Google Play, and Amazon. You got me saying why, why, maybe it's just in my name, you know. Download the hit single Why, available today on iTunes, Amazon, and Google Play. For more information, please visit www.kindlemix.com. Again, that's www.kendollmix.com. Welcome to the State of Trance. My name is Karina Samala. And my name is Drian Juarez. Every year on November 20th, we come together united, both trans people and allies, to remember our fallen trans people. We call this day Transgender Day of Remembrance. On this day, we read off the names of those that have been murdered to honor them and to send a message out to the world that this senseless violence needs to stop. According to the Trans Murder Monitoring Project, between 2008 and 2014, there have been 1,509 trans people murdered. To find out what you can do to prevent the murder of trans people, please visit transrespect-transphobia.org. For more information on the Transgender Day of Remembrance, visit transgenderdor.org. Welcome back to the talk with Micah and friends. If you have just joined us and you just joined the show, you've actually joined at the best possible time. You know, when I was trying to think of how I wanted to start up my new season, this is season three to be exact, episode 45, I knew that I wanted to interview someone who was trailblazing, someone who has set the tone and the standard in so many ways, and a person who so many aspire to be and look up to with much respect. Tonight, I have the indeed pleasure and honor to sit down for just a few with the beautiful Miss Mimi Marks. Welcome to the show, Mimi. Hi, Micah. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm a little nervous for some odd reason, but I'm doing great. Thank you. Not a problem. I'm, I'm sure eventually the, the the butterflies will you know will go away or they'll fly away. 
Um, but I'm so, so I feel like I'm at that part of the pageant when the question and answer comes and your dreaded question and answer. Yes, in, in front of a large audience, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Without a problem. You'll be fine. You'll be fine, trust me. But, uh, but again, I'm uh, Mimi, I'm so glad to have you a part of tonight's show, and I look forward to your many fans out there. Um, as well as myself, you know, getting to know more about you from tonight's um, tonight's talk or tonight's interview. Um, and thank you to everyone that's actually logged in right now, either by from your computer, your tablet, your mobile device, or actually even calling in. So I appreciate it. I see you guys um, already logged on, and I'm sure Mimi appreciates it as well. So, Mimi, are you ready? I am, and I want to tell you thank you for asking me. I think that that is super cool. So, I feel honored that you are having me as your first guest this season. Oh, not a problem. You are most, most welcome. I'm so excited. I'm not nervous, but I am excited. But, again, thank you so much <laughs> okay. for me, and, and you're welcome. Okay, so to my audience, before we get with the question, to my audience, if time permits, um, I will allow you guys to chime in here and there, you know, to show your love to Mimi, whether it be a question or just want to show your love to the lovely Miss Mimi Mark. So, Mimi, let, let's start off with family, because I know that's very important to you. Um Let's yeah. start off with your childhood. You know, before you became the mini Mark that we all know and love today, um, who who were you? You know, tell us about your childhood, your upbringing, your family. Well, I'm uh, from Waterloo, Iowa, which is not a super small town, but obviously next to Chicago. It's a smaller town in Iowa. Very... Um, very laid, I mean, it's like a laid back place, but it's, it's uh, a great place to grow up. I'm come from a family of two older brothers and one older sister who are five, six and seven years older than me. And uh, we grew up a really close family. Although when I was in about ninth grade, my parents got divorced. And so I then just lived with my mom and basically I feel like was raised more by my mother than my father. So I was always a mama's boy and my brothers were both very athletic and very good at at, um, sports. Mm -hmm. So they tried their hardest to get (laughs) me to be a hockey player and to be a little sports boy, but it just was not happening. All I could think about was my sister and following in her footsteps and playing with her dolls and playing with her perfumes and her makeup and everything I could get my hands on that was hers was what I wanted to do. So my, my boy, my brothers soon figured out that, them trying to make me do the things that they did was not going to work. So they just have always embraced me for being me. Mm -hmm. And as a young child, I was a dancer and a gymnast and a figure skater and uh, loved anything that had to do with the arts. I did a lot of community theater. I did a lot of theater in my high school and junior high, and I just always was someone that I felt was destined to be in the arts of some way, shape, and form. Okay, good. Now, um, 
As far as theater, because you said you were, you know, you were um, into theater growing up. Um, yes. Was there any specific yes. plays that even now you look at it and say it's like your favorite Broadway play, or even when growing up, what plays were you um, involved in? Growing up, I loved Cats. For some reason, I was like intrigued by Cats. I think because it just so like all the dancing, and I was more of a dancer than mm-hmm. I was of a singer. So. Anything that had to do with dance, I loved a chorus line. I loved anything that had to do with Bob Fosse. He's always oh, been someone yeah. that I've looked at as just incredible. Um, so probably shows like that, but mm-hmm. shows that I was actually in. Yeah. I was in a show once in um, in Waterloo. It was called the Blackhawk Children's Theater, and they did a presentation of Charlotte's Web mm. and I got to be Templeton the Rat oh. and it's so funny because in the movie of course that part is played by Paul Lind so it was kind of ironic I didn't realize that then at the time but as mm. I got older and I was like oh wow that kind of makes sense <laughs> that I would have played that part since the right. big queen played it in the movie right. too <laughs> okay. um, yeah so Oh, go ahead. But yeah, if I wasn't even like if I wasn't on stage, I always wanted to have something to do with backstage. You know what I mean? I just mm-hmm. loved being in the theater any way I could. What What was the last um, play you've ever you know sat out sat on or actually you know went to um, went to watch? What was the last play that you can remember? Um, what was the last thing I went to? See? live. Well, I did just go not too long ago, within the last couple of years, go to mm. see a live performance of The Wizard of Oz, mm. which is my all-time favorite I movie know. in the world. <laughs> and so they had a, a production company that came and did the live performance here in Chicago. I think it was Andrew Lloyd Webber, actually. Um, that did the that did the rendition of The Wizard of Oz, and oh my gosh, it was unbelievable. Of course, I was in heaven, but I wasn't thinking when I went to go see it. I wasn't imagining in my brain. I was thinking, oh yeah, there's going to be a lot of little kids and stuff like that, which is mm-hmm. cool with me. I don't care. I'll sit in a whole audience of kids if I can watch right. something like that. But there were all these little girls that were dressed up like Dorothy and little blue and white checkered dresses and little red shoes and carrying little baskets. And I was, like, beside myself. I had to have my picture. I'm, like, telling the parents. I'm, like, no, 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 no. I'm not, like, a freak or anything. But can I please have a picture with your little girl? She's so adorable. So I have all these pictures of me with all these little baby Dorothys. It was so cool. Oh, wow. And with but the any live performance. Yes, I love it. It's my all-time favorite movie ever. Good. Now, Mimi, what, what type of values, um, and we're sticking, you know, along the same line of family, what, what type of values did your family instill in you as a child that you still carry, carry with you even now? Well, I mean, my family always, we always were brought up to have each other's back, for one. We were always taught to be respectful of people mm-hmm. and to um, respect each other. And we, I mean, it just, 
I mean, they've always, I guess, just taught me to be a good person. You know what I mean? They sure. And they've always been like that. They've always been great examples for that. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I didn't have to... Um, to do anything besides just do what they were doing or what they follow in their footsteps because they're all great people. My brothers and my sister and my mom, and I'm, I don't really have a big relationship with my dad, so I kind of can't really speak for him, but we're all, they're all great people and they all um, have great kids. You know what I mean? And we all get along good. We get I mean, we're like any family that does have their ups and downs here and there. But for the most part, we're all super close. Everybody are, you know, we're not um, being crazy and doing crazy things. (laughs) I come from a really good, well, I have done some crazy things, but they are good people. They're good people. Okay. Um, And and one thing that I I love about your family is, is basically, you know, you, your your mom, your mother's name is Joyce, right? Yes, she is. Okay, yes, you have, it you is. Have Mother Joyce, and then you have Teresa and Billy and Steve, correct? Yes, you've done okay. your research. I love I it. They'll be very happy to know that they <laughs> that you knew their names. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and and while I'm talking about um, about them, I want to um, we'll, we'll talk about competition in just a little bit, but. Um, you participated okay. or competed in a pageant in Las Vegas titled The World's Most Beautiful Transsexual, of which you won. But that was also yeah. documented and produced into a documentary titled Transphasia. And I got Transphasia, I guess, probably the year that it came out. I don't know if it was 2005 or six or whatever when it actually came out. But I bought the um, DVD. I still have it to this day. Um, and, you know, I was watching it last night. <laughs> just a, just a, oh, you know, that's um, good. You know, Get get up on my you know my mini research or whatever, but I just I, I've always enjoyed the series. I'm actually going to send it to my mom, um, or actually purchase it for her so she can watch it. Um, because I'm just you know she's always been inquisitive about it. But nevertheless, um, there's a clip from the movie. Um, it's where you're sitting in the kitchen with your mom, your sister, and your two brothers. Uh-huh. I'm going to play this clip for my um uh, for my listening audience, and then we'll talk about a few things in just a second. Okay. Okay. All right. Way that isn't the hormone thing going on either. Your arms have always looked like that, never had hair on them. Well, the whole thing is is that everybody in the world thought that I looked like a girl and thought I was a girl my whole life growing up, besides you guys. Yeah, because I played girl my whole life growing (laughs) up. I mean, I never like anytime I ever played with my friends, anytime I ever played with my cousins, always. I was always a girl. Aunt Mary was going to take her to the park. And out the door she came to get in the car to go to the park. And Mary looked at her and said, get back in the house and get those pantyhose off. (laughs) To you guys, I'm a girl. But that used to be our, like, like the test. If you could walk through Wrigleyville on a Cubs game, like during the during the Cubs game and not get spooked is what we call it, like not have anybody call you out. You were a girl. You were like the girliest girl. Yeah, you made it. If you can go through Wrigleyville, I called Kim. I said, I am at a Cubs game on first base, 11th row. I made it. I'm a girl. 
was hard and emotional. And Everything like you said good. that one time, you're like, why would I ever put myself through this purposely? It wasn't a fun journey. So why would anybody just say one day, oh, I think I'm going to just totally turn into a, a, different, a different sex, you know? Right. It's not just like you just do it. Truly. I'm so grateful, and I truly, truly thank God regularly that I have you all as my family. You have no idea how special that is and how much that means to me that I can come home and do this, you know, and... and that you guys support me and that you that you don't even think anything of it, you know. It just makes me feel so grateful. Wow, that was definitely a beautiful moment. Uh, I, heard, I heard you I heard you chuckling in the background. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, feel I knew it. Speak Speaking of Kim, I told uh-huh. Kim, I go, if he gets me crying, I'm going to be so pissed <laughs> off. And I'm sitting here right now oh. with tears coming out of my face oh. because I haven't listened to that for a long time. Like, I haven't heard that. Uh-huh. And so I, of course, just came back this weekend from being with my family for the weekend uh-huh. for my mom's. 79th birthday so I'm already emotional and then you're gonna play that oh my gosh I'm sorry uh, I, I sometimes no I that's lie. okay <laughs> but um, I, 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 felt that, I felt that that was really uh, you're not gonna cry you're not gonna make me cry so I'm just gonna laugh but I, I felt that that was a beautiful moment you know share with your family and you know being a follower of many years and um, you're welcome. But being a follower, you know, for many years and, and Facebook friend of yours, you know, and, of course, being connected with Continental and knowing people that know you and seeing you and all that good stuff, you know, that you know, I noticed the, the close and loving relationship that you do have with your family and your friends. And honestly, as you said mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the clip, that you truly are blessed, and I definitely believe that. My question to you, Mimi, um, especially with, you know, everything that goes on when it comes down to um, any um, boy or a man wanted to trans- transition into being a trans woman or vice versa, a female or a young girl or, or a woman wanted to, to transition into being a trans man, you know, what advice would you give to any parent out there that's struggling with embracing their child who feels the desire to live out their true authentic, uh, excuse me, true authentic self, in this case, a trans woman or a trans man? What would your advice be to the parent? Well, First of all, I think that if a parent has a child that they feel could possibly be transgendered, which is just amazing that at this day and age that we have the vocabulary, like the word transgendered, Mm -hmm. because that word wasn't a word when I was a kid. That wasn't even, there was no word. I mean, maybe there was, but there we didn't have any knowledge of that that mm-hmm. word or that that vocabulary of the transgendered life. So mm-hmm. there wasn't anything to call it. So nobody even thought it was a, was anything. Mm-hmm. So this day and age that they have all of that. If if I were a parent and I saw my child was feeling different and was, um, you know, seeming like that they might want to be a boy if they were really a girl or vice versa, I would get on the Internet and I would do 
as much reading. I would get as educated as I possibly could about the topic of being transgender because I think that it's important for them to know what is happening to this child. And it's not something crazy. It's not, um, it's not something that they are, you know, acting out and trying Mm -hmm. to, to, you know, be a rebel. You know, I, I would just say to any parent that they need to educate themselves and they also need to let their child be themselves. They have right. to let them live the way they feel. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. can't change them. Definitely. So there's no cure. You know what I mean? It's not something like that. It's not like you have a broken arm. It's like a, a real thing. Right. Do you think? You know, it, does that make sense? Oh yeah, most definitely. Do you think that it's um it can be harder for a parent of a child that is of age, meaning in their 20s or 30s or 40s or, or whatever, do you think that it's harder for a parent to digest that because they, they've seen this man or they've seen this, this person grow into a man or a woman and now they're wanting to, you know, transition or live out their true authentic self? Do you think it's harder for parents to accept it at that point because it's been so long? I don't know if I would necessarily say it's harder either way because I think it's, I mean, yes, it's got to be hard for a parent that has no clue about their child and then they're 20 or however old, you know, older, over 18, let's say. And then they come to them and say, look, I've, I've, you know, feel like a girl and I'm going to start living my life as a girl. And they've never known that for the 18 years before. Yes, right. that's got to be super hard. But it also has to be very hard for parents who have a six-year-old mm-hmm. who are then going to go through life and go through the things that kids go through. That's got to be super hard, too. Like yeah. that show, I Am Jazz. I've oh, been, yeah. like, obsessed with watching that show. Me too. Me too. And She's 14, you know what I mean? And she's Mm -hmm. going through all those things that a 14-year-old goes through. So that's got to be super hard, too. So I don't know if there's an easy easy path. It's going to be hard either either way way it goes, I'm sure. Okay. Um, Well, as we talked about struggling or parents struggling to embrace their kids um, in regards to transitioning, um, when you decided to live as Mimi, um, what did your mm-hmm. what did you struggle with the most in the beginning stages? If anything. Well, of course I was worried about what my family was gonna think. You know what I mean? That was my most concern. I wasn't worried about me and my life and how I was gonna deal with the things when I was away from home. Mm-hmm. But I was <clears throat> very nervous about what they were gonna think and I didn't want to I didn't want to be like a spectacle for my family. I didn't want to embarrass them. I didn't mm-hmm. want to make them feel like um, like weird to tell their friends or, you know, uh, and, and I'm talking about my immediate family. Right, right. Outside of them, it's not that I don't care what <laughs> my other family, you know what I mean? It's uh-huh. not that I don't care because I do care because I'm that type of person, like, it bothers me if somebody doesn't like me or whatever. So I, 
but I wasn't as concerned about what my relatives were thinking, but I was more concerned about my immediate family and I didn't want them to feel bad. I didn't want them to, you know, be disappointed or anything, but they weren't. And so it was, it was, it was good because they kind of got it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was very in stages though, because of course, initially I, since I didn't know that I could even change sexes, I didn't know that I could live as a girl. I just assumed that I was a gay boy. Like Mm -hmm. I just figured I was gay. And then as time went on and I started to meet girls that were transgendered, I'm like, I got it. You know what I mean? So then once I explained that to my family, then they were like, they understood more. You know what I mean? So it was kind of in stages. It wasn't like one day I was like, oh, guess what, you guys, I'm going to live as a woman. You know what I mean? There was, it was a gradual move. Gotcha. I I noticed, Mimi, um, a few weeks ago, um, your friend and your continental sister, uh, Candace Kane, she invited you to Los mm-hmm. Angeles. She invited you to yes, view the new I Am Kate docuseries, um, which is now featured mm-hmm. on E for anyone that doesn't know out there. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's the focal point um, is you know the the life of of Caitlyn Jenner, and Caitlyn was actually there at the at the viewing. So how was that experience mm-hmm. in all? How was that experience for you? Well, the whole experience of being able to go and see the initial episode, the first episode mm-hmm. of the show was was in so many ways so inspirational to me. It was like it made me feel so many things that I felt in the past. Mm-hmm. It made me realize that everybody's journey is their own, Definitely. but in some ways they're all similar too. Mm-hmm. They're like even though Caitlin is 65 years old, there were so many stories and so many things that she talked about. I went through also, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. then my girlfriends went through as well. Like there were so many similarities, but yet still so different. But also at that party, at that viewing, there were so many transgender girls there that I I didn't know we're going to be there. Like I didn't know who was going to be there. So walking in and seeing all these girls that I've heard of before, or I've seen on um, different things on either TV or interviews, some of them I knew from Facebook, I was overwhelmed because it was just so many different girls that were doing so many different things. You know what I mean? Some mm-hmm. of the girls were from Transparent. Um, some of the girls are from Orange is the New Black. Some of the girls were producers. Some of the girls were people oh, wow. that worked in the hospital. Some of the girls were, um, you know, all, every different aspect of life. And so mm-hmm. it was like super inspiring and so cool. I was completely like I left there that night with Candace and mm-hmm. I was just like I can't believe I go I feel like we just went to therapy or something it was so <laughs> yeah. it was just so amazing it was really uh, um, an experience that I was 
really glad to be a part of and and felt super lucky to be there at that moment. Great. I was so excited to see um, see the pictures and, and see you actually be able to go and, and view it and, you know, and, and be around um, all those uh, lovely ladies. I'm sure it was an experience. I wish I was there, but, you know, hey, I wasn't invited. But It was I, so I, cool. I'm sure it was. How, how do you feel? What, how do you feel, just really quickly, and we'll move to um, – to some, to another subject, but how do you feel about Caitlyn being the the well, some say the new face uh, transgender, or you know, being that 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 life for that that light for a lot of the the girls? Well, I personally feel like any transgendered girl or boy who is going to put themselves out there and be that person. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. As long as they're doing it in a positive way, right. just to get it out there it's for everyone to see and to hear mm-hmm. and to realize that we are normal people in the world. Mm-hmm. We are living our lives. We're not, you know, like freaks of nature and all that. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Caitlin, I feel, is kind of being pushed into that light without her even necessarily wanting it to be that way Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but since she realizes that it is happening she's trying to do everything that she can do to learn and to do exactly what I was saying about the parents earlier like she's trying to educate herself and to to learn about every aspect of transgender life because she realizes that that she has it different because she comes from a life that most of us girls, 99% of us girls don't come from. So she, she's not stupid to that. She realizes that she knows that. So she also realizes that she has to learn everything and it takes steps. It takes baby steps sometimes to, to, to learn it all, to know what's, what's what, you know? Great. And um, I just want to tell everyone out there, you know, that um, has have, have not had the opportunity or the chance to watch I Am Kate, please do it. I mean, it's on your, you, you know, you don't even have to record it. You can go to uh, your on-demand, you know, for your cable company and watch it. But it's definitely, as as the episodes go along, you see exactly what you were saying, Mimi, as far as, you know, she realizing, you know, the platform that she's on. She's realizing that, hey, I, I, I have more of a privileged lifestyle than the others, you know, um, and, and right. even though my walk is different, we're all the same, you know, just all those things that you were saying. So I really challenge all of those that, that are questioning or, or want to say this, that, and the other, at least take the opportunity or the chance to to watch the stories because it's just not all about Kate. It's, it's not. It's really about transgender women. No, it's know, not like Keeping yeah. Up with the Kardashians, you know. No, it's, I, no, it's a I, completely yeah, different yeah. show. Right. Yeah, I said <clears> it's, not, it's, it's not just about Kate, you know, it's about all of the transgender women, you know, that are that are you know coming up and 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 living their lives and and you're seeing the different stories. So um, definitely, yeah, it's it's nowhere near the Kardashians or whatever. You may see them once or twice, but it's not that. Um, so right. I want to I want to move Mimi to let's pageants and shows. Um, but before I okay. get into the meat of pageants and shows, I just want to ask you what are the things that you love. Um, doing when you're not working, when you're not on stage and you're doing shows or, or whatever, what do you? What is it that you really love doing? I love hanging out with my friends. I love 
doing things like going out to dinner and hanging out at people's houses and cooking and doing stuff like that. I love reality TV for some <laughs> crazy reason. I guess I'd like to see that other people's lives right. are more crazier than mine or the people that I know. But um, I have two dogs. I love to spend time with them. Um, even though they do drive me crazy most of the time, I love them dearly. They're my two little kids. But um, And I love to spend time with my family as much as I can, as much as I can get home. Um, and I love to travel. I love going places. So if I can travel to go do a show, that's cute. But if I can just go somewhere for fun and for a vacation, go visit friends that live out of town, out of state, out of the country, I love doing that. Now, you say you love to cook. What's your favorite dish? What is, what's the dish that you just love to cook? Well, I'm actually, now, I lived with my best friend, Kim Cleveland, mm-hmm. for many mm-hmm. years. So she actually did 94% of the cooking. <laughs> so we've lived, I've lived now by myself for, like, the last year. So mm-hmm. I've been trying to learn, I've been trying to, like, do things, like, make more things. Um but I love to cook, like, I'm I'm very Iowa when it comes to stuff like that. Like, I love casseroles, and I love, like, chicken and noodles and chicken and dumplings, and I love stuff like that. So that's more of what I have been venturing into so far. Mm, I haven't had chicken and dumplings in probably about, mm, I would say, 16, 17 years. My grandmother used to always cook that. Um, I love it. Oh, my gosh. I just I just made chicken and dumplings for the first time, like, maybe two weeks ago. Mm. And I actually had made, because I it's so hard to cook for one person, so I made enough for 10. So I took <laughs> the rest of it to work, and it was actually a hit. Good. Everybody at work loved it, and I was felt very proud of myself. And even my boss, Jim Flint, <laughs> loved the bowl of chicken and dumplings that I gave him. So it, was, it worked out good, yeah. Good. Now, uh, Mimi, as far as pageants and shows and female impersonation, how, how did you get involved into female impersonation? Like, where did it all begin for you? It all began in Waterloo, Iowa. It was, there was a little small, one gay bar in the city of Waterloo called the Old Dutch Mill. And they used to have shows every, I don't know how often they even really had them, but maybe once a month or something like that. So I had met some of the entertainers from, that did the shows there. Mm -hmm. And they would always try to talk me into doing it. And I was always like, no, no, no. I was scared. I didn't, I didn't know. I was, you know, worried about, like I said earlier, my family and, you know, I was scared. And I think in the back of my mind, I knew that once I did it, like that was it. It was game Mm -hmm. over. I was never going to stop. So finally I did. And I entered a contest that was there called Miss Waterloo. And that was my very first pageant I ever mm-hmm. won. It was called Miss Waterloo. Miss Waterloo. I think, and it was in, I think I was in 1987. Okay. I'm not for sure, which is horrible that I don't remember the exact year that it was. But 
That was my very first pageant. Never did I imagine that that would become something that I would do again or whatever, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like it would become part of my life and career. Right. But um, but from Waterloo, I moved to Milwaukee. And I started working at a club called Club 219. Mm-hmm. I um I just went to Milwaukee because they had talent night on Wednesday nights there. And so I, my, I had some friends that lived there, and they were like, you should come to Milwaukee and enter this talent night. So I was like, okay. I think the prize money was like $50 or $100. And, of course, then I was like, it was like a thousand, you know what I mean? Right, so right. I'm like, yeah, I'll go win. I'll try to go win. And I was a dancer and a gymnast. And so my whole number, like I probably didn't even hardly lip sync the song. All I did was dance and did backflips and twirled. And <laughs> yeah. And I ended up winning the talent night contest. And after the contest, they were pulled me in the office and they were like, asked me, would I ever think about, you know, living there and working in the show. And I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, of course I would do that. So I packed up my friend, Dean, Shaja, we called him. Mm -hmm. We packed up his car and he drove me to Milwaukee and that was it. It was like, I started then. And as a matter of fact, when I went to Milwaukee, that's when I started living as a girl all the time like from that point on besides the few times at first that I came back to home to see my Mm. family I would just you know be kind of like an in-between really like I don't know I didn't really ever look like a boy yeah I mean my hair was bleached white I mean it was like (laughs) eyebrows were arched and done I'm sure they had a clue that something was going on but um, yeah, I started working there then in, in Milwaukee, and I worked at Club 219, and part of the time I worked at a club called Lacage. Okay. And I just, I, I don't know how I ever ended up entering my first continental prelim, Miss Cosmopolitan, but I, I went to Chicago from Milwaukee. The show director of the club I worked in, her name was Ginger Spice, Mm-hmm. And she was very good friends with Chili and Ginger Grant and Jim Flint and stuff. So they talked me into entering Miss Cosmopolitan. And so I I went and entered. And when I went, when I won that pageant, the prelim, and the same thing happened. Like Jimmy pulled me aside after the contest or I think he even actually did it on stage. And he was like, would you ever think about living in Chicago? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, Would you like to work at the baton? And I'm like, uh, yeah. yeah. So from there, that's how it began. That's how I started doing shows and pageants. Okay. And um, so so basically, uh, you you went to Continental. Well, you went to the preliminary first, Cosmopolitan. You won right. that. Then you went to Continental, and I believe you got what third runner up that year. Third runner-up that year, yeah. Okay, then you took a year off. And you were working at the Baton, but you yes. took a year off, okay? And then you yes. came back in 92 and won Miss Continental. Is that right? Yes. And actually okay. that year in between, I I emceed the pageant, which mm-hmm. is crazy, with Candy <laughs> Andrews. We mm-hmm. um, emceed the pageant together. 
I didn't enter. And then um, I think Monica might have entered that year again because she might have entered two years in a row. She might have entered the first year we entered together. Monica mm-hmm. and I both were in it um, that first year. She got second runner-up and I got third runner-up. And then we both, I had just started working at the Baton right before that year, and she started working like maybe in October after Continental. So we both kind of started around the same time. Mm-hmm. And then she was going to enter the next year. So, of course, you know how sisters are. They're like, well, you enter this year, and then I'll enter next year. And so she entered that year, and um, I think she might have even gotten first runner-up. Mm-hmm. And then in 1992, all... what's that? Oh, no, I said it, it all makes sense because yeah. when, I, when, I, when I watched uh, 1991, Chanel won that year, right? 1991? In 1990, Chanel won. Okay. 1991 so, was Amber. Was Amber. Okay. So it that year, I, whatever year it was, I remember the year that you were hosting, I saw it. And um, I'm like, I'm confused. <laughs> like, because you were hosting, you know. <laughs> and I was like, I am totally confused because she has not won the pageant yet, you know. And yeah, then, I don't you know, know how that actually happened. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I don't know how that happened, <laughs> but it just happened in, in, in great. And I remember, um, I think it was maybe two thousand five or six. I know you, um, you, uh, you hosted evening gown, and you were saying, "Oh, this is my favorite category, evening gown, or whatever." So I remember that. I think it was my first year attending Continental that that particular year. Okay, so we get to just of how how you started Club Two Nineteen. You worked also at Macage, and then you did Continental for the first time. Got on show at the Baton Show Lounge. And um and then went back in one. So let's talk about continental for for a little bit. Uh, okay. Just, just I know you said that you know you kind of you really don't really know how um you lucked up and ended up competing for the preliminary. But um do you remember like just what initially really attracted you to the system after you really found out about it? Well, I think the initial attraction to the pageant was that there were so many girls in the pageant that mm-hmm. were, you know, living as girls. And that was what I knew in my head was what I was destined to do. You know what I mean? I knew, like, life in itself was just all starting to make sense to me as far mm-hmm. as me being able to be a girl. And on top of the fact, then get to be lucky to be have a job like that. You know what I mean? Because I wanted right. to be in theater and I wanted to be in dance and I wanted to do all of those things, but I didn't want to do all of those things as a boy. I wanted mm-hmm. to do all of those things as a girl. So it was all like, wow, I could actually be on stage, be a performer, be a dancer, and be a girl. So that's what initially I think really attracted me towards Continental. The first year I went to Continental was the year that um, Dana was giving up the crown and Kelly Lauren won. Oh, okay. And there were, like, Amber Richards was in the contest that year. Whitney Carlisle was in the contest that year. There were just all these girls that I was like, wow, I can't believe this. Like, when the opening started and Dana was standing on that, pedestal yes. with the American flag wrapped around her waist and mm-hmm. she had the long blonde hair and I was literally so dumbfounded I was going to 
uh, to sit at the table with the people from Club 219. Mm-hmm. And I, like, tripped down the stairs oh. walking to the table because I couldn't, I was just, like, I couldn't keep my eyes off of her. I was just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I'm like, and, of course, I'm telling the people from 219, they're like, you got to do this. You have to enter this. And I'm like, I'll never enter this pageant. I could never do this. I'm like, this is too much. I'm like, there's no way. And, of course, it didn't happen like that. But right. <laughs> yeah, I was totally like just like enthralled by it all I was like this is this is what I want to do this is it I love it mm. as Miss Continental 1992 what what's the one thing Mimi you um oh I'll, I'll ask you this first what's your most memorable moment as, as being Miss um, Continental what was your most memorable moment I mean, I would just say the whole year in general because it was okay. my first time ever really getting to to do any of that. I mm-hmm. I kind of almost wish that I could win Miss Continental again now that I'm the person that I am now mm-hmm. because back then I was still. I mean, I'd only worked at the Baton a couple of years. I was still really, really, really new in my whole. I didn't even know that this was going to be able to be my life or my career. You know what I mean? I was just thinking that I was doing all of this for fun. Mm -hmm. So it was great. And I loved being Miss Continental and I got to travel to all these different places, which I'd never, I don't even think I was ever even on an airplane before I was Miss Continental. Mm. So um, it was just, it was overwhelming and, but I was young, you know, and I, I, I almost wish I could like redo it all again because I would appreciate it all so much more and I would be able to do much, so much more with it. But mm-hmm. I mean, I loved it all. I mean, I met so many people. I'm some of my best friends are girls that I've met through Miss Continental. I mean, Cezanne and I, she was first runner-up the year that I won, and we, she became one of my best friends that year, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We hit it off, we we were, you know, and she started working at the Baton not long after that, so Monica and I met at Continental, we became great friends from Continental. Kim and I, Kim Cleveland, she was, we were friends, we knew each other, uh, you know, leading up to, but that's that's how we really bonded was through all of that as well. Okay. Nice. So and, so and um I was I was gonna ask you a question in regards to uh <laughs> what would you have done a little differently, but I think um it kinda it's not necessarily that you would do it differently, but like you said, if you could just become Miss Continental again, you know, to really really experience everything as a you know, as a grown woman. Um whether right. you know uh so, so you've already pretty much answered that particular question. But um, I always ask my um, my guests in regards to misconceptions, and so I have two misconceptions for um, for two misconception questions for you. One being, um, what's the biggest misconception you think or you've heard about the continental system? Well, I think that people think that it's only a pageant for girls, transsexual girls, like transgender mm-hmm. girls that it's only, uh, you know, you have to have boobs and body and, 
you have to have all of those things to be Miss Continental. And obviously that's not true because many of the winners have have not been that, you know what right. I mean? So I think that's that's a misconception of Miss Continental to me. Okay. What about, what's the biggest misconception about Minnie Mark? Um. Well, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what they are. I don't know. I hope there are none. <laughs> you know, some people say, oh. Maybe the biggest her. misconception is the bachelorette parties that come to the baton that think that we take all of this off and we live as boys in the daytime. Mm. That's a big misconception. Wow. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> we like, still, to that? this day, <laughs> yes, girls or people still ask that that question, like that or what bathroom do you use? And I'm like, oh, those are the worst questions the worst ever. Questions, yeah. Like, just think about it for five minutes. And, I mean, it's just, I hate that. Right. Like, but, have you ever seen one of us in, in, in a men's bathroom? You know? I'm like, <laughs> I'll use the men's room. I will. I have no problem with doing that. But I think that it's going to create a bigger problem than, yes. than if I could just secretly just go to the women. It's just stupid anyways but okay okay what what Mimi what's the best advice um that you would give to the contestants specifically competing for Miss Continental this year what's the best piece of advice you would give them my best advice that I would give would be to listen to your friends yes but not entirely you have to do you mm-hmm. be yourself be original if you've seen somebody else do it before, like, don't, I hate copycats. Like, I don't want people to, because they saw somebody else do something and it worked for them, that, mm-hmm. that like, okay, that's what I'm going to do now. No, come up with your own ideas. Right. Be yourself. You know, be original and have fun. Don't don't take it so seriously that you're not having a good time doing it because that defeats the whole purpose. Right. Be original and have fun. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And be yourself. You know what I mean? Like, not all your friends are going to tell you the real story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you have to trust your gut and and just be yourself. Right. Love it. You do you. <laughs> you do you. I love that. Yes. So, <laughs> Mimi, en- enlighten us just a little bit, you know, about your experience competing in Las Vegas at the world's most beautiful transsexual. Like, what attracted you Mm -hmm. to compete for the contest? You know, what did you learn through competing, and what was your experience like after it was all over? Well, I originally entered that contest because I thought that they were going to pick eight of the girls from the pageant and they were going to build a Las Vegas show around those girls. Mm-hmm. So I, of course, have worked at the Baton for many years, and at that time have worked there for many, many years. And I love working there, and I loved, have loved and still love being a part of the Baton and being a Baton girl. But I thought to myself, well, if there were a reason for me to leave, that's like a pretty cool reason that Mm -hmm. that would be great. Like if I could work in Las Vegas as a Las Vegas showgirl, that would be a dream come true. So I initially entered the pageant 
for that reason. And then, too, you're like, if you're going to be in a show that's all the girls from the pageant called The World's Most Beautiful Transsexual, you, you kind of like, are like, well, shit, I want to be that girl, you know? Uh-huh. So I was like, I, I initially did it all because of that. Plus, I had friends that were entering the pageant as well. And I'm like, can you imagine if we could all, like, be in a show together mm-hmm. in Las Vegas? Like, how much fun that could be, whether it was for a year, whether it was for 10 years, whatever, whatever it was for. It would just be an awesome experience. But I learned as it was happening and after it happened, after the pageant happened, that the show that they were telling us all that they were doing this all for wasn't necessarily going to happen. So it kind of became where, oh, maybe they were just really doing all of this to film this documentary, which was cool too. I mean, it was great to be a part of that as well. But what we really wanted was to be in the Las Vegas show. So, it ended up that obviously the Las Vegas show never happened, but I learned a lot from just entering that pageant because it was so many years after I had done Miss Continental and mm-hmm. I always swore that I would never, ever enter another pageant. That was the one that I wanted to win was Miss Continental and that was it. Mm-hmm. So it was, I learned a lot from entering the world's most beautiful transsexual pageant. I worked very hard for it. I worked really hard on, you know, getting in shape and um, being healthy and working out and um, working really hard on my town. Like I worked hard to, to do it. And as well as that, I met a lot of really great people. There were girls there from all over the place and, so that was super fun. And I also then met the people from Miss International Queen, which is the pageant in Thailand. Mm-hmm. They had people that were there from that pageant as well. So I met them, and they had actually talked to me about coming to enter the pageant that year. And I was like, absolutely not. First of all, I was thinking, Thailand? I don't, <laughs> I'm not, like, going to Thailand but I, and plus too, I was like, I just did this pageant. You know what I mean? I still right. wasn't sure if the, the show was going to happen in Las Vegas. So I was like, there's no way. But it ended up that I, I had that connection with them people and they, you know, still kept in contact with me throughout the year. And so I ended up getting to go there the next year. So it all happened great for a reason. It just didn't happen for the reason that I thought it was going to, which was the Las Vegas show. Okay, great. Um, And I'm glad you brought up International Queen. Um, That was going to be my next one. Glad you brought it up. That kind of leads us into the the snippet that I want to play from that actual um, competition. I believe the competition has been around for about 11 years. Um, if, if I'm not mistaken, it could have been longer, but from the website, it looks like it's been around about 11 years. And yes. this year, you're celebrating 10 years. Is that correct? Yes, I am. You're celebrating 10 years. Well, I'm going to play this little snippet <laughs> from okay. really quickly. Uh, we're going to hear it, and then we'll come back and, and move forward. Hold on. Okay. And now, the moment that a lot of us have been waiting for, the questions 
After the questions, uh, we will have the judges have the opportunity to choose our first runner-up, second runner-up, and our Miss International Queen for 2005. Okay. You take the microphone. Yes. And now. in my hand, I have uh, 10 questions, and you you can choose which question you want from uh, one of these envelopes. All right. Let's move on to the center stage with contestant number from the order that you yes. called, okay? We'll start with Mimi Marks from the U.S. Uh, measurement, I'm sorry, contestant number 15. Yes. Mimi, please choose one of the envelopes. All right. Mimi, the question is, what are the three more important things in your life? What's the three most important things in your life? Perhaps most would be the better word, yes. What are the most three important things in your life? Thank you. Well, the three most important things to me in my life would have to be, first of all, my family, okay. who I love and dear, love dearly. They've supported me my whole life and my career amazingly. Secondly, I would have to say my health, because it's always important to take care of yourself and make sure that you always are keeping yourself well. Mm -hmm. And third, I would have to say my dignity, because mm -hmm. I think that it's always important to carry yourself with respect and to always be a humble individual. Thank you. It's time for the moment that we've all been waiting for. In a few moments, we will have our new Miss International Queen 2005. And she will receive 8,000 U.S. in cash, a sash, Miss International Queen 2005 crown, the trophy, a round-trip ticket to Bangkok Sunjun by Bangkok Airways, and Sun Grace Cosmetics as well as Charcoal Bite products. And Miss International Queen 2005 is... All right, Mimi, I heard you chuckling again in the background. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing my head off because I'm so glad that you actually played that part of that pageant. Because, of course, I just said something about be original, be yourself, don't copy. And that exact question and answer, it's they gave all of the girls from the contest that year a piece of paper and we all had to write out a question mm -hmm. and they picked, they, so everybody in the contest wrote out their own question. Okay. So I wrote the question, what are the three most important things to you oh, in your life? Wow. Because that was the question that was, that was Cezanne's question from Miss Continental. I think the year that she won. Mm, okay. So, but they didn't know, like, we didn't have any idea what questions were what or anything. Like, they literally had 10 questions in their hand when mm -hmm. I walked up there, and there was only five of us that were going to answer the question. So, when I drew my own question, <laughs> I wow. was, like, completely dumbfounded, and I literally oh. was, like, all I could do was think about the exact thing that the exact answer that Cezanne <laughs> answered. And so I, 
<laughs> so I'm like, oh shit, what do I do? I go, I am like completely blank in my head. You can totally hear me stumbling. I'm like, my family because they get because all I kept thinking was, this is ridiculous. I'm I'm answering the exact same way that Cezanne answered the question when this was her question. So it's so I'm glad that I'm actually getting to explain that right now because some some people were probably like, God, she like said the exact same thing. Well, Cezanne always has been one to exercise her vocabulary much better than I have, so I didn't mind stealing her words from her. I still feel like that was, see, if I would have never known that, <laughs> I still felt like that was a genuine <laughs> response. I really felt like that was genuine. That was from the heart. It was, hey, this is what it is. You asked me my three things, and I'm off. So it's, But it's very interesting to hear the backstory to that, though. Yes, like it so. Really I is. I thank Cezanne, thank you, girl, thank you, for letting me <laughs> say your words, and so that I could win the match. <laughs> oh, wow! wow. So, so speaking of uh, international queen, like, what did you enjoy most about being this international queen? Oh my gosh! Like that probably was one of the highlights of my life, and especially like one of the highlights of my career it was just like nothing I've ever been a part of before ever I mean first of all transgender girls over there are like hundreds of them I mean they're everywhere they're in the mall working in the mall and then (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's like all the way from that to like the most gorgeous showgirls I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But Miss International Queen is more of like a beauty pageant. It's not mm-hmm. where our pageants here in the States are are a lot of times geared towards talent mm-hmm. and talent is a big part of the pageant. Over there it's like a beauty pageant. It's okay. it's talent is like the least concern of the of any of the points that you're getting. Evening gown and swimsuit and question and answer are what it is. And beauty to them is completely different than what beauty is to us, too. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, there are times that girls come over there, and and they may be girls over here in the United States that are, you know, the girls. And then they get there, and they don't see it the same way. You know what I mean? It's it's Mm -hmm. really it was really different for me for that reason, but it was more like being a part of the Miss Universe pageant. You know what I mean? That's kind Mm -hmm. of what they gear that whole system towards is being more like what the real girl pageants are like. I hate to say that like the real girls, but you get what I mean, right? (laughs) You know, it's like even watching it, you can see that their platform where they pattern themselves behind the Miss USA's America's Universe, you know, all that type, that whole entire like platform. Oh yeah, totally. And some of those girls that enter that pageant, they've never even, they've never done a show in their life. Oh wow. You know what I mean? Like they've never been a performer ever. Oh, they are, they, you know, they're like, um, like it's like a beauty pageant. You know what I mean? The girl that won before me, the mm-hmm. one that won the very first one, her name is yeah. Boyd Trichata. Oh, 
Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, she is like the most amazing girl ever. She's like a, an Asian movie star now. She's in oh, China and wow. Hong Kong. She's a supermodel. She's been on the cover of um, Thai, Thai Vogue. I mean, she's like been to the Academy Awards in Hong Kong and you know, she's just oh, amazing. Wow. Like they're girls that are that are doing those kind of things. And some right. of them are show girls, but most of them are are doing things in all other different aspects of life. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And some of them are starting to be on hormones when they're sixteen years old too. Right. So, so they yeah, you know. Like the girl that won before me, the first uh-huh. winner, she was 18, 18 years old when she won. Oh, wow. So, like so a little baby. You have to at least be 18 to enter the pageant? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. So, needless to say, you, you truly enjoyed yourself as Miss International. Oh, my gosh. I loved it. And I, like, it's any chance I can get, I would love to go back there. I met some amazing amazing friends i i love it there i feel at home the shows over there nothing like the shows we have here they're like las vegas shows you know what i mean they're mm-hmm. huge productions and there's you know 30 people on stage sometimes there's 60 people on stage and it's just amazing it's like nothing i've ever seen before so i love it love it love it love it Wow, great. Well, congratulations on, on 10 years um, of being oh, a you. queen. You're welcome. Um, so thank I, you. I, I want to play, I told you about two games I want to play. Um, so um, okay. the, the first game is a true or false game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, um, and you can blame Marlon for this um, later. That's uh, <laughs> damn Marlon. <laughs> When I or Marlena, you, as I like Marlena, to call her. I'll call him. Love him. <laughs> Marlon actually is the one who took me to my very first Miss. I had watched Continental for years um, before, but Marlon is the person who actually took me to my very first Miss Continental pageant, which was in 2005 when Dominique won. Um, so I always give my credit to him because even though I admire the system, he was the first person that said, okay, you want to go? Come on with me. You know, you know how he talks. So come on with me. Yes, I do. Now, when I and I my daughter you, Marlena. Okay, hey Marlena. When I interviewed a few ladies last year, I interviewed like Sasha Sanchez, Nicole Love Dupree, Yasmin Campbell Star, Tasha Long, as well as Faison, and we ch- we chatted mm-hmm. briefly about fact checking or better yet, dispelling rumors. So, with that said, I have a name game entitled, Is It True? So, are you ready? Okay. Okay. All right. So, the first one is, and again, you don't have to dispel any names or anything like that. You can just, you know, say it's true or false. Um, okay. Is it true or false that you dated a now-retired American professional basketball player that was once a member of the Chicago Bulls basketball team? <laughs> dated? Dated? Dated, false. Or, dated or 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 went with or was in relationships with. Um, I would say it was a very good friendship. Okay, great. That's how um, I would. I, that's, that's how, how you, I would classify. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, number two. For one, really okay. quick before you go into the next question, that has to do with kind of all of that. Okay. Is 
I'm a believer. Like, I kind of don't get how these girls these days are all coming out and, like, spilling the tea on mm. everything that they've done and every right. person that they've done it with. Like, mm. I don't know. I just don't think that that's, like, a super cool thing to do. Right. So I'm not saying either way that that went. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that that was a really good friend of mine, and that's, like, the way that I like to keep it. Oh, most definitely, because I didn't want you to – I, I knew you wasn't going to say anything, but I was like, you know, is it true or, or false? So, but okay. I, totally, I totally get that, you know. Um, but, no, he so, was never my boyfriend or anything like that. Okay, okay, very good friend. My next one is, uh, is it true or false that you were once signed as a model for a modeling agency and was the first transgendered model? Uh, yes, for that agency, yes. Okay, okay. True. What, what, okay, true. So so what did you like or love about your modeling career while you was with the agency? Well, that was another thing that was sort of like in the whole, like at the time, I mean, it was right after I won Miss Continental. So all of that was happening at like within the same couple of years. And so mm-hmm. – that's something too that I often think back on and wish that I would have been a little bit more in tune with myself and more comfortable with who I am. Mm -hmm. And I probably would have enjoyed modeling more, but it was at a different time than it is now. You know what I mean? So being a transgender girl in the modeling industry at that time wasn't super easy and I felt like a lot of the auditions that I went on and a lot of the go sees as they call them, yeah. it was some, I, I would feel like they just wanted to see what I looked like. They just mm. wanted to see, oh, this is the one that they were talking about. Right. And I did have a few, like, really cool people that, um, few different stores and places in Chicago that really loved me. And so I got to do a lot of fashion shows for them and I got to work for a lot of great people that were cool with it. But for the most part, I always kind of had that, you know, where somebody's giving you the side eye. And so that I I wasn't comfortable enough with myself at that time to be able to be, to have a strong enough backbone to, to do it. But I had fun. It was great. I got to do some really fun things, and I got to wear some great clothes and do some really fun photo shoots. But I just wish that I would have been a little bit more comfortable with who I was and and um, more able to deal with how people were accepting me or not accepting me. Understood. Understood. Okay. Yeah. Now, okay. I, I, I remember you being featured in the Rock With You Janet Jackson video um, years ago. How did how did that actually come yep. about, or how did that happen? She was coming to the Baton quite frequently, like on and off whenever she would be into town. She would come to the Baton, and I had met her there, I don't know how many times, maybe three or four times, and she um, – I gradually got to be more friendly with us. Like first she would just come. She's a very quiet girl. And mm-hmm. heck, by like after she had been there a few times, she was in our dressing room eating fried green tomatoes with us, <laughs> like kicking it, you know, in our rooms, looking at our stuff. And so she was really, really cool. And I, I don't know exactly how it happened, but they called me and I knew some of the people that were working for her 
doing her makeup and hair, and obviously mm-hmm. um, Gil, her choreographer, knew us because we're um, all from Hawaii, and I had a, knew a lot of people from Hawaii, and I don't exactly know how it happened, but I'm certainly but, glad that it did. Glad, yeah. So, yeah, they just called and asked if I was available, and they really wanted me to come and be in this video, and I was like, Absolutely. Absolutely right. Janet, so, why not? <laughs> yeah, no, um, no, I'm sorry. I'm really busy. I can't be in the Janet Jackson yeah. video. <laughs> I was like, yes, when, yeah. how? Right. It, it was really it was really nice seeing you as well as Sasha uh, Sanchez in the yes. video together. That was really, really nice. I always wanted to know how that happened. Um, and Mimi, I'm not going to... It was super fun. It was great. It's hard work, though. I give those people credit. I mean, that day... Oh, my gosh, so I think it was like a 17-hour day. Oh. And when I got into the car to drive mm. for them to drive me back to the hotel, I was mm. just like, Sasha and I looked at each other like, girl. <laughs> I said, I could not walk another step right now. They paid me oh. because our legs were just cramping like, from being on heels all day long. And just it was it was super fun and super cool to be a part of, but I was like, damn, they work hard. Right, right. Oh. And I wasn't even doing anything hardly but walking around. So. And, then, and then when the finished product comes out, it's only three minutes and you spent 17 hours. <laughs> hello? I'm like, hello, could you give me a little bit more of a feature on this? Because I was okay. cramping up that day. <laughs> That's so funny. But, again, it was glad to see both of you and Sasha. And I'm not, I'm not going to keep you for too much longer, but I, I do want to ask you just a few questions. They don't have to be um, – the answers don't have to be very long, but I do want to ask you just a few um, few other questions, and then we'll be done, okay? Okay. Okay. Can, can you give me two pet peeves that you have? What are Mimi's pet peeves? Um – Oh my gosh, I don't know. You're putting me on the spot. <laughs> Pet peeves. Um, I don't know. I don't. I can't think right now. This look, is see, this is that question and answer at the end of the passage that I can't figure out. Where stays on when I need her? We'll come back to that. So I'm sure you'll be okay. Think of um, you know, many individuals identify you know or recognize you as an icon, a trailblazer, and an inspiration within the business. But who do you look to at reference? as an icon or a trailblazer or just an inspiration to your life? Well, I would just have to say my family, like my mom, my sister, they're, they're total inspirations to me. Mm-hmm. And I have a crap load of friends and girlfriends that I look up to. And some of them I've already mentioned, Cezanne, Monica, Tasha Long, um, Candace Kane, any of the Continental Girl winners, I, I look up to them. I have lots of friends from Thailand that I'm inspired by and look up to. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I mean, I, I, I really look up to this little girl jazz that's on this show right now. Like, oh, I yeah. don't know that it's weird for a person of my upper age to be looking at this young girl as an inspiration, but I'm inspired by her. Mm-hmm. And I'm just inspired by a lot of the girls that I met when I was just out in LA. Mm-hmm. 
And I love seeing people that are doing, I love girls in my world and in my community that are doing other things and, um, you know, are, are doing stuff for our community that I feel like, you know, maybe I should be doing more of. Like, maybe I've spent too much time being a showgirl and there's other things out there for me to do. And possibly, you know, I, I really believe, like you said, you're drawing inspiration from a, a lot of people, and I believe that, you know, there's not necessarily one single person, or it could be, but, you know, I believe that we can um, draw inspiration from a lot of people doing a lot of different things. So I'm totally with you. Right. That. I couldn't tell you how many people that I'm inspired by. I'm, I'm inspired by from the, from, from the youngest of a five- or six-year-old, you know, depending upon what their situation is, all the way up until um, my elders. So I totally understand that and totally get it. And um, those are some great people um, that you are inspired by. Um, my next game, um, which is really short, um, it's not too long. You and your games, Micah. I know, me and my games. Me and my games, I love them. Right. I, got, I got, you know, I can't, keep, I can't be serious all the time. Okay, so okay. the next one, I'm going to give you one, two, three, four, five, six names. Okay, but okay. I, w- I want you to give me the very first word. Oh no. Okay, <laughs> that that um, comes to mind when you think of that person. Okay. 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 All right. The first person, Erica Andrews. Uh, legendary. Um, oh, I miss her every day. I I'm like. I had like a a moment with Erica not long before she passed away and I worked with her in Dallas and in, in San Antonio for a week. Actually it was the M C of the last Who Wants to Be the Next Andrews pageant oh. that she had. Okay. And I was like going through this really weird time of my life at that time and I was feeling like I was just not like inspired by anything. I didn't wanna like do my thing in the show. I was just feeling very blase about it. And I worked mm-hmm. with her for that week and she had just uplifted me so much and made me mm-hmm. feel so different about myself and to really start feeling like, you know, like you're not at the end of your rope. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you still have people out there that look up to you. And like, so I, I love Erica. I'm, it's just still not even real to me sometimes right. that she's not around. I know that wasn't just one word, but I could Oh, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, one yeah. Word. Say what you need to say about her. We love Erica. Um, uh, your, your mother, Joy. My rock, my most, like, the closest person to me in the world, my, my absolute rock, she'll sit on the phone and listen to me bawl my eyes out or she'll listen to me laugh my head off like she's the best mom I could have ever ever imagined having or wishing that I could have ever had okay lovely Jim Flint why did I know that that was going to be one of his names <laughs> well, of course, I can say many, many words that have to do with Jim Flint. He's my boss, obviously, and has been for many, many years. He is like another parent to me. Mm-hmm. I like to say that he's like a mom away from home, but he, of course, doesn't 
agree with the fact that he's a mother, <laughs> but he is, whether he likes it or not, because he's, you know, he's, I've worked at the baton my whole entire adult life. So, I mean, Jimmy has been like a parent to me. And he's a friend, you know. We've had our ups and downs, of course, over the years. And, but he's been a person who was instrumental in me being who I am today and being the person that I've grown up to be. Okay, great. Kim Cleveland. Kim is my ride or die. Kim is my best friend in the whole world for the last 25 years. She is not only someone that I have obviously been with for every pageant that I've ever done, every big event that I've ever been a part of. She um, has helped me probably every opening costume that you've ever seen me walk out in in Continental has Kim Cleveland and another friend of mine, Chevette Weathersby, stamp on. They are have my back when it comes to that kind of stuff 100%. But Kim is also my girl that when I'm completely down and out and at mm-hmm. the bottom of my barrel, she will be there to take care of me and help me and be that also that rock for me. I don't want to get emotional right now. No, no, but yeah, don't get emotional. Yeah, she's she's my she's been my ride or die for twenty five years and hopefully we have twenty five, thirty five, forty five more years left. Okay, great. What about Monica Monroe? Monica and I have a strange relationship. She's one of my greatest best friends obviously but we've always we've always have our ups and downs and Mm -hmm. I love her dearly I think that Monica is super talented and as far as one of the girls in our community as far as being a female impersonator Mm -hmm. I think that Monica at a a one time in her life was to the top of the game and is so super creative and she's got a warped mind in the <laughs> completely the right way when it comes right. to, you know, performance and stuff. She's she's crazy, but I love her for it and I wouldn't have her be any other way. Okay. And last person, Chili Pepper. Chili is I mean, she's legendary. She's been one of the trailblazers that has paved the road for so many of us. She is obviously the very first Miss Continental, mm-hmm. and she, too, has been somebody that I've worked with since day one at the baton. She's, um, when I've been ready to walk out the door and quit and was on the payphone in the lobby of the baton trying to call the U-Haul to come and get my oh, stuff, wow. Jilly was the one, Jilly was the one that was, in the lobby talking me out of it and saying, Mimi, you're being crazy right now. Just, you know, just breathe. You and Jimmy will get along again one day. So, um, yeah, Chili, she too is like a mom. I mean, she's, 
she is a one of a kind. Yeah. All right. I love chili. Great. Um, what do you have planned for your future? What are you? What are your? What, what's go, What What do you um, see for yourself in the future, short term or long term goals? Anything? Well, I mean, I obviously still love performing and that is in my blood. I love doing shows. I love being on stage. I love every aspect of being a showgirl. That is something that I I haven't gotten out of my system yet. Mm-hmm. And I don't predict that it'll happen anytime soon. But going to LA and meeting some of the girls that I met out there and seeing um just all the things that can be done within the transgender community. Mm -hmm. And now that it's becoming something that's more open and people are talking about, and it's, you know, just something that we can be more of a part of. I feel like there's more for me to do Mm. in that aspect. I loved the meeting. I loved meeting some of the trans kids that I met and they fascinate me. So, I feel like maybe somewhere down the line I would have something to do with um, mentoring or doing something within the trans kids community. Okay. They have a they have a trans camp. Kids. They have a couple of trans oh. camps that are. Um, I know there's one in California, and I'm not for sure. I think there's one somewhere somewhere else. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I want to be a camp counselor at the trans camp. I think that would be so much fun. So I'm like, yeah. So I'm putting that out there. So I'm just like, I I feel like there's something more that I could be doing in the transgender community. Right. Yeah, because, you know, with everything that's been going on, whether it be positive or negative in the the trans community, you know, I I believe that we still need to have more voices out there, more people for support, um, especially, like you said, for the the, the trans kids, you know, um, so they can can see, you know, this is what I have to look forward to, and and it's not nothing negative. It can be positive. So um, I challenge you to do that. Um, I think that definitely could be your calling, and the great thing is that you recognizing it, you owning it, and you actually wanting to do more for the community. I, I think that that is awesome, and um, I say go for it. You know, I say go for it. Well, well thank you, Mike. I will do that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, before we go, um, if visiting Chicago, Illinois, where can we find Mimi Marks on show? Well, I work at the Baton Show Lounge on Fridays and Saturday nights and fill in on any other night when they need me. Um, we do shows at 8.30, 10.30, and 12.30, Wednesday through Sunday. Um, but like I said, I'm there on Fridays and Saturdays. And then a couple times a month, I usually, usually a couple times a month, um, I work at Hydrate on Wednesday nights and do a show that they have there called The Faith, called Faith, hashtag Faith. Okay. But it's at Hydrate Nightclub. So I do that. And then... Um, I travel as much as I possibly can anywhere in the country or world that'll have me. Okay. Now, speaking of that, if they're wanting to book you, Mimi, at their next event or on or at their showcase or show, um, how can they make that happen? They can contact me on Facebook, Mimi Marks. 
All right, there you go. Is there anything else that you would like to share with your fans that are listening before we move to the closing of our show, Mimi? I would just like to say thank you, everybody, for being my fan, if I have fans out there. (laughs) And and thank you guys for tuning in and listening. And this was super fun. I was nervous for some reason. I don't have any idea why, but I just had butterflies in my stomach. I guess you just always want to say the right thing, you know, and, Mm -hmm. um, but it was really fun, Micah. I'm glad that you asked me to do it. And I'm, I'm really glad that I got to be a part of your show. Not a problem, and we'll, I'll be seeing you in a couple of weeks um, in Chicago. I'll make sure that we take a shot or do something. Um, I'll be there that entire weekend, Friday through Tuesday, so we definitely will get that in. Um, and uh, for all of, uh, uh, for Mimi and the supporters of tonight's show, uh, we will now move over to the closing of our show, but I want to advise everyone that on August 26th here at the Talk with Mike and Friends, um, we will have live and in charge from RuPaul's Drag Race Season 7, we're going to have a duo. So we're going to have Jasmine Masters and Kennedy Davenport. We're going to have Talk Time with J&K. Um, the slide will be posted soon, so look forward to that fiery and uncut interview with that dynamic duo. Um, and now we're going to go ahead and play the closing of our show. So hold the line, everyone. Well, everyone, that's actually it for tonight's show. I want to thank the lovely, the beautiful, the talented, and legend herself, Miss Mimi Marks, for taking the time out of her busy schedule to sit and chat with little old me. I definitely appreciate it. Mimi, I want to wish you much success in all of your future endeavors. And Mimi, of course, you'll be seeing me in just a few weeks at Continental. Thank you to my listening audience. I appreciate you for supporting me. And again, look forward to many more exciting shows and interviews over the next few months. And remember, if you would like your business, brand, or event advertised on the next show, please hit us up at thetalkwithmicah at gmail.com. As always, I cannot end the show without giving you my quote of the week. So here's this week's quote. The easiest way to keep people from getting involved in your personal problems is to not post them on the Internet. What they don't know, they can't use against you. Again, the easiest way to keep people from getting involved in your personal problems is to not post them on the Internet. What they don't know, they can't use against you. Until next time, you all be blessed. It's the time.